Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Mighty Father, we thank you once again. We come before you to receive instructions, light on our path, that we may be able to walk in this dark world without stumbling. We come before you to receive insight that will cause us, Jesus Christ, to live out the fullness of your desire for us as your sons and daughters on the face of the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so we're going to continue with our study on the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is going to be part number five. I've been able to give you <coughs> excuse me, a few insights as touching what you can receive, what you can benefit from and through the Holy Spirit. Like we know, the scripture says we receive that grace from grace. Again, let's look at our text in John 1, 15 and 16. John 1, 15, 16, Bible says, John bear witness of him and Christ, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And verse 16 is the key. And of his fullness have we all received grace and for grace. Amen. Of his fullness have we all received grace and for grace. And this is the thing we're dealing with. And I'm trying to make us understand that everybody, everyone born of the Holy Spirit, there is a measure of the grace of God that you manifest. And that there is the fullness of the Spirit within you. And that the Spirit unveils itself depending on the grace that is needed part-time for any particular situation that you find yourself. So, we talked about the issue of being full of the Spirit with power, which is Jesus. Full of the Spirit with wisdom, which is Stephen. Full of the Spirit with faith, which is Philip. Full of the Spirit with joy, talking about the saints. We said all of those things. And I also mentioned to you, like the case of Peter, was full of the Spirit and he had boldness. So all these are things that you can derive from the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying these things are a resident within you. And they come forth, they pop up when situation demands for it to come up that way. In other words, there's a time you find yourself in times of trouble, by reason of the Holy Spirit within you, what happens, especially if you are facing persecution, all manner of things are coming upon you, you are in a situation that looks like you are in prison, the thing that happens at that instant is that joy flows out of your life, and instead of being in sorrow, instead of being in pain, you see yourself rejoicing, and you can't even explain why and how. That is coming from the Holy Spirit, Amen. Praise the living God. You know, the Bible said the word of the Lord, they are past finding out. And that's exactly what it is. When you are in such a terrible situation sometimes, you're wondering, what am I going to do? The next thing, joy comes out of your life. You're rejoicing, you're singing, and those chains are losing. Those issues are going away. The darkness is disappearing. This is the way God works. Amen? So, I am saying that everybody can benefit from the Holy Spirit. It's not meant for just the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor. It's not necessarily tied to the miraculous. In other words, that you are unable to maybe do miracles doesn't mean you can't walk and flow in the spirit. As a matter of fact, 
walking in the spirit is simply walking in the supernatural. In other words, what you can do in the natural sense, the Holy Spirit enables you to do it, you walk in the supernatural dimension. Praise God. Are you with me? Alright. So John 3 verse 34. Come with me to John 3 verse 34. Hallelujah. And talking about Jesus, the Bible says, For him who God has sent, speak at the words of God, for God given not the Spirit by measure unto him. Did you get that? God given not the Spirit by measure unto him. In other words, the Spirit is not measured. How am I going to explain this to you? Okay, let me show you a typical example. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1 and um, look at verse number 1. Let me see. Look it from the Amplified Translation. Amplified Translation. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth. Can you see that? And in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophet. In other words, no prophet had the fullness of the truth revealed. There were portions. Are you following what I'm talking about? Right. None of them had it in full. Everything, they were pointing to Jesus Christ, but they were coming in, in, in fragmentations to each of those prophets that God used. None of the prophets had the fullness of God's mind revealed in the scriptures. They were all in portion. Did you get that? So now, you can say, the prophet had the spirit in measure. <laughs> Did you get that now? Right. It was a portion that they had of the spirit. What was revealed to them part time is what they say. Not the fullness. They never have all of the fullness. Now look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. But in the last of these days, he has spoken to us who, in the person of his son, whom he has appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. Now the voice of the son encompasses everything. The spirit in the son had the full revelation of what God intends for mankind. So it's not in portion. Therefore, God never gave the spirit by measure. He had the spirit in fullness. Now here is the miracle. I mean, the, 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 the magic, or what am I going to say now to it? The wonder of all I'm trying to say here is that if Christ had the fullness of the spirit resident in him, and Christ is in you, what happens? My implication, you do not have the spirit in measure. <laughs> but this will be hard to understand. Because he who has the spirit in fullness is now resident in you. There is no half Jesus in your life. So there is no half spirit in your life. So what comes out of you is dependent on the situation and what the spirit intends to do. So, okay, now let's look at it again. First Corinthians 12 verse 4. First mm. Corinthians 12 verse number 4 message translation again God's various gifts are handed out everywhere but they all originate in God's spirit God's various ministries are carried out everywhere but they all originate in God's spirit next verse says verse number 6 God's various 
expressions of power are in action everywhere. But God himself is behind it all. That means God is motivating those things to happen. Remember what Jesus said in John 14? If you don't believe me, believe the works that I do. For it is not me that is doing the work, but the Father that is doing the work. In other words, every miracle that Jesus performed was orchestrated by the Father that was resident in him. Are you following this? Good. So any manifestation you give out is orchestrated by the Spirit of Christ that is what? Resident in you. Can you see that? Okay. Next verse. Uh, each person is given something to do that shows what go- who God is. Everyone gets on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to, ki- I mean, to all kinds of people. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. Are you there with me? What I'm saying is the Spirit is resident in you and the situation you find yourself will depend on what the Spirit is going to do at that particular time. Praise God somebody. Are you still there with me? And then he's saying whatever thing you do is the Spirit doing that to express God or to reveal God at that time. And that's why I explained to us before in Exodus 31 how that Bezalia, though an artist, was full of the Holy Spirit to express God as a creator. His artistic work is an expression of the creativity of God. I don't know if you are getting this. Good. If you look at creation, you look at the beautiful scenery you can see, you look at the sky, look at the plants, look at the flowers, all of the architectural design you find in creation, this is the artistic concept of God. So, this thing were embedded into Bezalia and now he can design a couple of things. Praise God. Are you following me? Alright. So that's exactly what I'm saying now. This thing is given to us to express who God is from that aspect of that spirit that is given to us. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, like we said in John 3.34 God given all the spirit to him without measure. Is that okay? Right, not in measure, but in fullness. Go with me to John 14, verse 18, from the Amplified Translation. John 14, 18, Amplified Translation. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, fallen, helpless. I will come back to you. I have a few things I'm going to say right here. Look at verse 19. Just a little while. Now let's, let's deal with this, that, that very first again. Go back to verse 18. I will not leave you as often. And I want you to pick this. This is very, very important. I will not leave you as often. In other words, I will always be there. Amen. So there is never a time the spirit is not with you. Never a time. I just need you to meditate on that. Let us sink in. I will not leave you as orphans. Comfortless. Desolate. Bereaved. Fallen. Helpless. I will not. Amen. That means in all situations that requires his attention, he is right readily available. 
to help you, whatever it is. Orphans are bereaved people who don't have no fathers, no mothers, right? Good. So what he's trying to say here is this. I'll reveal myself to you as a father. I'll reveal myself to you as a mother. Whatever situation you find yourself, I'm really going to be available. I will not leave you comfortless. By implication, just like you say in chapter 1, I mean chapter 14 verse 1, when you say my father's a mini mansion, right? Remember, they, 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 they were worried because he was going to go according to John 13. That is why that verse 1 of John 14 came up. When he said, let not you have the world trouble. So it's the same thing that he's trying to tell them here. Now, he's telling them he was going to die. And again, it's like they were troubled in their mind. So what happens to us by the time he's there? Has he been with them? Oh, glory. Look at what he said in Matthew 23. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how that killing the prophet, how about decided to gather as a hen? How many of you remember that? Good. Shielding you. So what he's saying here is, I will always be there to shield you. I will always be there to provide. I will always be there to make myself available to you anytime you are in need. I'm not leaving you as an orphan. The spirit is within you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Go to verse 19. Just a little while. Now. And the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. Just a little while. Let's read on. I'm going to explain something there. The world will not see me, but you will see me. How? Okay. Verse 20. At that time, when that day comes, you will know for yourself that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I'm in you. I'm in you. When that time comes, Hallelujah. Are you following this? The world will not see me, but you will see me. And you not only see me, this is how you are going to see me. You will get to know I am the Father, the Father is in me, and I'm in you. That means I am the Father, a resident where in your life. The world can experience that, but you as a born again child of God can experience that. So, if the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are resident to you, then of course, you can't have the Spirit in measure. Because that's the fullness of the Spirit. Did you get that? Praise God. <laughs> Alright. Look at the next verse. No, I just want you to go to a message translation. Let me read from verse 14. You can Just leave that. Let's go to message translation. Read John 14. We're going to look from verse 15. John 14 verse 15. At that time you will know. That day you will know. I'm, I'm trying to deal with that word little while. Remember what he said? In a little while from now. The world will not see me. But you will see me. How is that going to be? At that time you will understand that I'm in the Father, the Father is in me, and I'm in you. Amen? <laughs> Look at verse 15, message translation, John 14. If you love me, show you by doing what I've told you. 
I will talk to the Father and provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. Remember what he said? I will not leave you what? Comfortless or orphans. Praise God. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because he doesn't have eyes to see him. He doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. What I've been saying with you, the spirit. At that time, it's going to be in you. You know, the early times the spirit will come around, like I always say, any of those prophets move, they prophesy something, spirit will come, we do. You understand that? Spirit is staying around. But not just staying around now, the spirit is going to be where? In you. Verse 18. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming back. Hallelujah. Now this is where the church get crossed off. This is where they lost it. I'm not leaving you orphaned. I'm coming back. When? You know what people say? The Lord is coming soon. Question is how soon is soon? People should just try to look at that word soon. How soon is soon? 2,000 years ago he said that. They don't understand how he comes. That's the problem. So even when he comes, people don't know that he's around. <laughs> look at this. I will not leave you often. I am coming back. Somebody say, do you believe he's coming back? Sure. He came back. It's not just coming back. He came back and has always been coming. <laughs> That's what people don't know. <laughs> Praise God. Let me show you. Let me show you. Hallelujah. Look at verse 19. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me. But they're going to see me because I am alive. And you are about to come alive. How do you come alive? Ephesians 1. I mean, uh, Ephesians 2 verse number 1. Did he say so? You have been quickened by the Spirit. You came alive. Did you understand that? What is that supposed to mean? When he comes back, you come alive. Did you see what he said there? I am coming back. And one thing whenever you know that I'm back is that you are going to be alive. Praise God. This is where we lost it. So we don't even know who is with us. We don't even know who is around us. We don't even know who we carry. <laughs> oh God. Did you see that? In a little while. How little is a little? <laughs> Praise the living God. It's just like saying, I'm coming back soon. How soon is soon? How little is a little? In just a little while, the world will no longer see me as a physical human being, right? But you are going to see me. How? 
because I'm in, I'm alive, and you are about to come alive again. In other words, you're coming out of the realm of Adam into the realm of Christ. If the spirit of Christ, the rays of Jesus, dwells in you, what happened? He shall quicken your mortal body. You came alive when he rose from the grave. When the Holy Spirit came down, you came alive from the realm of your dead. So who came on the day of Pentecost? Jesus! That was the promise he was making to them. Now the one who comes second time at the end of the world. It's coming when the end of the world is going to flow from the sky. <laughs> That's not what he was telling them. He said, just a little while from now. And he was talking about going to the cross. Read on, let's see what happens there. Verse 20. Glory to God. I love this. At that moment, you, we know absolutely that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I'm in you. Glory to God. Can you get that? When he comes back, you will know this. I'm in Father. Father is in me. I'm in you. We are all together as one. You will know that. Because you will know that Christ dwells in you. It's not somebody telling you about it. It's not something that has to be preached. You will know. If you are born again, you will know. Hallelujah. Oof. Are we still here? Look at verse 21. The person who knows my commandment and keeps them, that is who loves me. And the person who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and make myself plain unto him. Praise God. Now go to John 16 verse 12. John 16 verse 12. King James. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Are we there? Alright. John 16, 12. I have yet many things to say unto you. But you can't bear them now. Happier when he, the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into what? All truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to do what? To come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and show it unto you. All things that the Father had are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and show it unto you. A little while, you shall not see me. And again, a little while, you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. Understand this. A little while you shall not see me. And again a little while you shall see me. What is the first little while? Right from when he's talking with them. Can we take it from the Amplified Translation? John, John 16 verse 16 there. Powerful scripture that people need to understand. Hallelujah. Look at what he said. In a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, after a short while, you will do what? You will see me. So what's the first little while? When he goes to the cross, when he's buried, hallelujah. 
Are you still there with me? That's a little while. Little space of time. I'm talking to you now. Right now, I'm walking to Jerusalem. Everything is going to be ending up there. This was supposed to be like his last sermon to the disciples. From John 14 all through 16 to 18 was one sermon, if you will. It's just like Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. Seven on the mount. One sermon. Is that okay? This was supposed to be his last message to the disciples. And he said, little wise, I'm talking with you now. I'm still around here. But it's like saying, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. And that period, you're going to miss me. But just a little while after that, I'm coming back to you. How did they come back to them? As the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 17. King James now. Verse 17. King James. Then said some of the disciples among themselves, What is this that is said unto us a little while? I mean, that's confusing, right? <laughs> and he shall not see me. And again, a little while, and he shall see me. And because I go to the Father. Now, first of all, answer the question. What does it mean because I go to the Father? The only reason they will see him again is because they go to the Father. Who is the Father? The Father is spirit. John 4, 24. God is spirit. And they that worship God to worship me spirit and in truth. In other words, I'm here physically talking with you, but I'm moving into the spirit dimension. And then you will see me. I come to you as a spirit. Because I go to the Father. That's how you're going to see me. And the world can't see me. The world can't appreciate who the Holy Spirit is. But you as believers, you can appreciate who the Holy Spirit really is. Can you get that? So he made that possible because he got back into the spirit so that you can experience him as spirit. Glory. They said, therefore, what is that he said? A little while. We cannot tell what he said. We don't understand what he's saying. <laughs> Praise God. Now Jesus knew that. They were desirous to ask him. And he said unto them, Do you inquire among yourself of that that said a little while, and he shall not see me? And again a little while, and he shall see me? Is that what you're debating about? Praise God. And this again has to do with the spirit of desirement. Right? He was able to see what's in the heart of these people. He was able to design what they are saying. Praise God. And that is where ultimately we are supposed to be walking. You know, sometimes when you speak to people where they, the flow of God's spirit in terms of the spirit of discernment and the word of knowledge, uh, people actually tend that to be prophecy. But it's the truth again is that prophecy is actually the testimony of Jesus. So if, if I'm trying to talk to you about your personal problem, it doesn't truly fall into the category of prophecy. I'm using the word of knowledge and the spirit of discernment to know what your problem is. But if I have to prophesy, I'm talking about Jesus. <laughs> is anybody getting what I'm talking about now? Right. You see, Anna, you see, what's that supposed to be? Anna in the temple, right? You see Zacharias, you see Simon. All of what they spoke about was Jesus, right? That's the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. But if I start talking to you about your personal problem, Ultimately, I'm just using the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the spirit of discernment. When you combine the straight thing, it looks like you're prophesying to people. Did you get that? So here he used the spirit, simple spirit of 
the word of knowledge and spiritual discernment to know what was in the heart of the people. He was a prophesying. Praise God. But when Jesus said what? As he treating account the son of man, he must go and die. Well, he was prophesying. He was speaking about what was supposed to happen to him. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Good. You need to know the difference. And you can operate in all of these things, what I'm saying. You see, this series ideally intended to equip you as to how the spirit can flow through you as a believer. Right? Praise God. Okay. So now, they have this debate going on. Look at verse 20. Verily, very I say unto you, that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall turn into joy. What is that supposed to mean? You shall weep and lament. The little wine, what was that? When he is killed, they are going to be in sorrow. They are going to be in pain that Jesus is killed. The world will rejoice. That man is gone. Jesus is gone. Is that okay? The one who claimed to be the Messiah is gone. The world will be happy. The Jewish people will be happy. You are going to be in sorrow because you feel I'm no longer with you. The little while. Did you get that? Praise God. But what did he say? He said, well, your sorrow shall be one turned into joy. So when will that happen? Look at verse 21. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow. And this is very important. Because her eyes come. But as soon as she delivered of the child, she remembered no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. What is he talking about? This is just describing what happened on the day of Pentecost. The woman is in trouble. I mean, the church is in period of pain. What is the period of pain? When he was going to go to the cross. The church, the congregation, the believers, they are going to feel pain. But anytime there's a level of pain, something glorious is about to happen. Anytime you are in darkness, a new day is about to dawn. You shall be in pain. You shall be in sorrow. The world shall rejoice, but get this right. Very soon, your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Hallelujah. Did you see it there? So when the church came up on the day of Pentecost, what happened? The Bible said they thought they were drunk with wine. The joy was fulfilled. Did you see it now? Very good. So the little wife was when he died, buried, and then rose again. But when the Holy Spirit came, the man-child was born. That's when the church came into power. Joy filled the whole place. Everywhere began to rejoice. And they thought they were drunk with wine. But they were filled with the Holy Ghost. He came back again on the day of Pentecost. Glory to God. The little why was fulfilled and the little why was fulfilled. Praise God. Did you follow this? It's so easy. A woman, when she's in travail, trying to bring forth her sorrow. Oh, we have women here. When they want to give birth, tell them your experience. Let them tell you what the experience they go through. Yeah? You, you, some, some of them, you don't need to go close to them. They will bite up your ears. You know, <laughs> praise God. It's always good sometimes that you stay away and complete it before you get there. Except they want to bring forth like the Hebrew women. Amen? The Hebrew women doesn't go through pain because they are common people. The nurses said they are lively. That means there's life in them. Why? Because they have the covenant of life. Praise God. And so they can bring forth with our sister. But for the ordinary women, oh, 
You better stay away. <laughs> Don't get close there to go and do honey. Your ear will go with the baby. Praise God. <laughs> Serious pain. Say so they are in pain. Look at that. When a woman is in travail, she had what sorrow, pain, crying. Sometimes we say, Oh God, why did I have to go through this? In fact, I know at that moment, literally the woman will hate the man. Praise God. So because an hour is come. In other words, any hour of a new season. Oh glory. It's a time of stress and pain. So if you are going through some terrible time now, just know the hour is come. A new season is dawning for you. A new day is coming forth for you. Hallelujah. Look at that. So but as soon as she is delivered, once the baby comes out, you can't remember this story anymore. Oh, when look, where's the baby? As soon as the baby cries, even if she's still feeling pain, it disappears. Instantly. I don't know if you're getting what I'm talking about. That's it. What kind of baby? Oh, bring her for me. Bring her, bring her. You know, even without being clean, bring the child and just package everything like that. Smiling, tickling the baby, you know, all of those things. All of the pain of the last 30 minutes or what, it's all gone. Joy is come. So what is happening here? When the church came forth on the day of Pentecost, joy filled the whole place. The issue of pain and sorrow and the accusations all gone. They couldn't remember any of those things anymore. They were filled with the spirit. The man child was now born. Hallelujah. You are entering a new day. You are entering a new day. This dark hour is speaking of a new season for you. Yes, 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 yes. The terrible time is the breaking of a new day. The man child is coming forth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 22. And you know, therefore, ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again. <laughs> Glory to God. And your heart shall do what rejoice. And your joy no man take it from you. No man can take it. This is the joy of the spirit. Did you get that? No man can take the joy from you. That is why when he came out from the upper room and they started speaking, everybody thought these people were drunk. They must be drunk. No. And they said, we're not drawing wine. It was the joy of the spirit that filled them. They were rejoicing. I will see you again. When I see you, you will rejoice. And your joy, no man shall take from you. So, how did he see them? He saw them as well. The Holy Spirit. Did you get that? I will see you again. (laughs) Praise God. Hmm. Somebody will say, but... Yes, he saw that when he rose from the grave, walked with them for 40 days. And no, 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 no. Even at that, they were still not stable. Remember? They were asking, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel when you come again? They were still asking that question in Acts chapter 1. So that joy was still not full. That's not where they got the fullness of joy. That's not where they saw him. No. They really saw him. When he came on the day of what? Of Pentecost. Give me, I'll, I'll come back here. We'll come back to verse 22. But give me 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 through 18. King James. Look at that. Now, the Lord, who is the Lord? 
Jesus Christ. It's what? That spirit. We can even stop there. Now, the Lord is that spirit. He didn't say the spirit. Is that spirit. is pointed to something. That spirit. With me, the spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. The Lord is that spirit. When he said, I will see you. He saw them. The Lord came on the day of what? Pentecost. For the Lord is that spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. Did you get it now? How did he have to come on the spirit? Because he's going to the Father. Who is the Father? The Father is spirit. And did I worship him? What do you mean spirit and what? And in truth. I'm going to the Father. I'm getting back into the spirit that I came from. And then I'll come back and see you as spirit. Hallelujah. Okay. Go back now to verse 23. John 16. Glory to God. John 16, verse 23 that we're dealing with. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever. You know what he's trying to say? In my name. What name? Jesus? Not exactly. <laughs> you know what? A name speaks of a nature. A name speaks of a character. Are you still holding By implication, when the spirit comes into your life, you take on the character and the nature of Jesus. So when you ask, now this is where, I, I will say this, but don't get me wrong. I pray the spirit will interpret this to you. You know, Jesus never prayed once to say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Did you see Jesus pray that? Why? Because the son cannot call upon the son. Did you get that? Come on, is anybody following what I'm saying here? He is the son, so he can't call upon the son to do anything. So now the spirit is in you. He has become one with you. In fact, the Bible says he has given us the spirit of his son, whereby we cry what? Abba Father. So a time comes when you don't even have need of that name. Why? Because you already become the name. His nature is already in you as a son. So you say what you want and it comes to pass. You're talking directly to your father. Come on now. Is anybody saying this? This may be hard, but this is the truth. Can you see Peter? I shared with you before. The glory. Remember that? The shadow of Peter. I've shared that with you. Can you, when, when he went to, to hear Dorcas, to raise Dorcas from the dead, did you see Peter use any name there? No. Peter just went to where she was lying and I said, Tabitha, arise. Why didn't he use the name? Because what are they one with the name? So, when you put on the character of Christ, the nature of the Son, anything you ask the Father to do, He will do it. Praise God. And that is where God is taking us to. As full sonship in His glory. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 24. He that will have asked nothing in my name, ask and he shall receive. That your joy may be one, may be full. 
All glory. Okay. I don't know if I can be able to go through this again. But let me just read through it. Go to message translation. Jump 16 again. 14 and 16. Let's just run through the scripture. And then. Message translation. I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day. Are you with me? John 16, 4. I'm reading from verse 4. Hallelujah. Message translation. Oh, what is it? 14, rather. Go to verse 14, I'm sorry. Let's take it from verse 14. No, but what I want is verse number 4. Except I didn't get this thing right. That's it. Okay, what is that? Message translation. Back again to verse 4. Let's look at it from verse 4. No problem. Go back to verse 4. I've told you these things so that when the time comes and they start in you, you'll be well warned, ready for them. Right? I didn't tell you these things earlier because I was with you every day. That's what I'm looking for. But now I'm on my way to one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? He said, the longer I've talked, the sadder you become. Sorrow. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will expose the error of the godless world's view of sin. Righteousness and judgment. He will show them that their refusal to believe me is their basic sin. Are you listening to me? So listen again. The Holy Spirit does not convict the believer of sin. He convicts the believer of righteousness. But he convicts the world of sin. And what is the sin? They don't believe in Jesus. Verse 10. Are we there? That righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. Eleven. That judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I see I have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. Verse 13. But when a friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth. There is. He won't draw attention to himself. But we make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is all mine. That is why I have said, he takes from me and delivers to you. In a day or so, you are not going to see me. But then in another day or so, you see me. Praise the living God. Look at verse 17. And he said, that set up a honest questions among the disciples. What is he talking about in a day or so? You are not going to see me. But then in another day or so, you see me. And because I'm on my way to the Father, what is this day or so? We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew they were dying. I mean dying to ask him what he meant. So he said, are you trying to figure out among yourself what I meant when I said in a day or so? You are not going to see me. But then in another day or so you see me. Verse 20. Then fix this family in your mind. You are going to be in a deep morning while the godless world throws a party. 
You'll be sad, very sad. But your sadness will develop into gladness. When a woman gains birth, she has a hard time. There is no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there's a joy in the new birth. This new life in the world wipes out memory of the pain. Verse 22. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain. But the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy. And it will be a joy no man can rob you from. You will no longer be so full of questions. That is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is keeping with you, things I have revealed to you. Ask him in my name according to my will. And he must certainly give it to you. Your joy would be like what? A flowing what? River. Or whatever. A river or a flowing what? It binds. Your joy would be like a river overflowing in banks. Praise the living God. And the Bible tells us that when they were full with the Spirit, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, what the next thing they saw, they began to speak in other tongues. That's an overflowing of the river. Remember, in John 3, I mean, John 7, 37, he said the same thing. Out of their belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. And when that river begins to flow, your jaw is overfull. What am I trying to make you understand this evening? The point is this. No matter your situation, no matter the pain you are going through, realize one thing, you have the Holy Spirit. A time comes when there will be a flowing, overflowing of that joy from within you. The circumstance around you will no longer be an issue. You will no longer take cognizance of the pains you've been passing through. In fact, when you come to the place for adventure, the Lord touches your tongue and you begin to speak in other tongue. You may not even remember you are actually living amongst people. Your disturbance will not even be an issue. For you. you won't remember. Something will be happening around you that the people around you are wondering what is the issue? What is going on? Why is it living this way? Man, there are things you are going to be doing. People will be wondering, what is overcoming this man? You are just overflowing with the joy coming out of your spirit. The pains of yesterday is gone. The trouble you are facing, you can't recognize it anymore. The Holy Spirit has just taken over. There's an overflowing right now. Right on your inside, there's a whole new world taking place. The whole new stream of life flowing. Remember what he said. Because I live, you shall live also. I'm giving you a new spirit that your deadness can no longer prevail. Sit Alive can prevail against you. Know what he says. I'll build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Circumstance can't stop the joy of the spirit overflowing in your life. You have a new season, you have a new day. God has come to visit you. Rejoice! And I say what? Rejoice! Praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.